Welcome to the Uncle Jim Effect podcast. Uh, my name is Dennis Deloach and I'll be your host for this podcast. This is podcast number two. And the title of this podcast is What is Potential? Specifically, what is God-given potential? Uh, again, I want to welcome you. I'm so excited for all the feedback and comments I had and texts and phone calls I got from people concerning the last uh, podcast first podcast that we did. I appreciate all the input and I promise I'm going to do my best to incorporate all those things in this. So the first thing I want to do is again welcome everybody and uh, I want to tell you I've got some really exciting news. I uh, created a dream list of guests that I would love to have on this podcast that uh, I think uh, would absolutely alter and change your life and be an Uncle Jim effect in your life and so I've actually secured a couple of those currently and probably on podcast number four or five or six give or take uh, will be uh, the format will change and you'll be hearing a lot more from other people instead of me so I think that will be a, a good step so I also wanted to start a new portion of this because I had several people ask me questions and so I wanted to answer a question or two at the beginning of the podcast as it relates back to the previous podcast so let's do that and uh, I'm going to deal with two questions. The first one was, why are you doing this podcast? That's a, that's a great question. And really, is the, I had to think about that. But the reason I'm doing it is a, a twofold one, because I've always said I would. And so I thought, you know, I need to honor the words that I speak. And so that's why I'm doing it. And, and second and most important is because of gratitude that I have for uh, what Uncle Jim did to me and for me in my life. And I'm hoping that I can be that kind of an instrument uh, in your life as well, based on the principles that I learned. Uh, if you weren't able to join us, please go back and review the first uh, podcast because it kind of outlines exactly what it is we're trying to do here. Uh, and then the second one is, what is the number one lesson you have learned in your life that has brought you success? And again, great question. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think basically that is twofold. Uh, Throughout my life, I've learned that the, there's tremendous power in the words that we speak to ourselves and inside of us. And that wasn't uh, articulated well to me until uh, my mentor, Tom Shea, the, the Navy SEAL that I've grown to be great friends with and has really helped change my life. He termed the phrase internal dialogue. An internal dialogue are the words that we speak to ourselves, and that has an absolute tremendous effect on what we do and what we accomplish. And so that's the number one thing I've learned in my life is that what we say inside of ourselves matter, even simple words like I can't or I will. And then the second thing that's been the most uh, influential thing in my life for the successes that I've had is uh, been gratitude. The more that I'm grateful for the blessings and accomplishments I do have and the more I express that gratitude through serving others to help them accomplish that, the more successful my life has been. Uh, so again, I, let's get started on this podcast. Again, it's uh, what is potential, specifically what is God-given potential. And I want to start off with uh, the quote of the week and what we're going to kind of use to discuss and to frame that question, what is potential. This quote comes from Mark Cain. And it says, the first step towards success is taken when you refuse to be a captive of the environment 
in which you first find yourself. Let me repeat that. The first step towards success is taken when you refuse to be a captive of the environment in which you first find yourself. And so there's so much to be in that short little comment. The first thing we see is it says the first step towards success is taken when you refuse to be a captive. So believe it or not, there is always a first step in success. And that usually is sparked by a decision, decision we make in our mind or a decision we make that we're tired of where we're at or a decision we make that we're fed up with the excuses that we've used. But the first step it says toward success is taken when you refuse to be a captive. That is an extremely interesting way to describe that. Are you a captive? I've been a captive many times in my life. Uh, it says a captive of the environment in which you first find yourself. So when we first find ourselves, what that means to me is I've made up my mind finally that I'm going to do something about this, whatever this is, whatever situation it is we find in our life or whatever situation you're in. There comes a moment when you say, you know, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of talking about this. I'm tired of other people having success. I'm, I'm tired. And so this is the first step I'm going to take. And it's when I refuse to be a captain of uh, the environment in which we find. So what, let's talk about environment. What environment do you find yourself in? Uh, I, I think some of the environments I found myself in are pretty, pretty negative. Uh, let's talk about environment. Most people say, well, my environment, I, I uh, currently financially, I don't have the money. Uh, I don't have the time. I'm in an environment where I've got young kids at home. I'm in the environment where I've got a baby or where I have uh, a business I just started. I, I'm in the environment where, like I mentioned last week, I come from uh, a, the gene pool of, uh, of addicts. Uh, that's an excuse. I don't have anyone to support me. I don't have that knowledge. I don't have a degree. You can go right down the list. And uh, that's the environment we find ourselves in. So the first step towards success is taken when you refuse to be a captive of the environment in which you first find yourself. So when we first find ourselves, what that means to me is, for example, today we've decided this is it. I'm done. I am absolutely going to move forward. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to do those things I've always dreamed about. It's my turn. And so at that point, when I decide that I'm no longer to be a captive, we literally place ourselves in captivity through those excuses we just mentioned a minute ago. And I hope you had some unique ones that you thought of yourself. We uniquely put ourselves in captivity and put that fence and wall around us that basically is a wall or a fence of comfort. Comfort, why? Because I can stay. I don't have to change. I don't have to fail. People aren't going to see me. I don't have to declare what I'm going to do and all those things. The problem with that, though, is that we, we always miss out. We always miss out on life when we decide to stay comfortable. Uh, speaking of environment, because that is such a critical component, we have got to change our environment. And that environment we're in most of the time is mental. And it's also limits that we've placed upon ourselves. <clears throat> I want to share with you a story that uh, is so powerful to me, and I, I hope I do it justice, but this is a story about environment. And I think a lot of times when we see these successful people or people we put up on a pedestal, that we think, well, yeah, of course that guy can do it. He's already a, a billionaire or he's already got a successful family or she already is the best mom I've seen or she's got a great 
blog or a podcast, all these things, you see them after the fact. None of us see them during the time of struggle or when they had to make a decision to get out of their environment. So let's talk about uh, a situation here of this environment and see if we can put ourselves at, in any layer or level of this environment. Because if you can, then you have no excuses because this person got out of these environment or this type of issues in their environment, but see if we can apply it to ourselves. So this, this person, this uh, lady, uh, this happened about 30 plus years ago. Uh, she was recently divorced, had a small child with her. Uh, uh, according to her own uh, words, she was in dire financial situation. She basically was trying to support her little child and to live the dreams that she had sought out in her life. Uh, her husband had been the sole support, and so she found herself, in essence, uh, without financial support with a small child and the husband nowhere to be seen or not going to help. So the main thing I see in this story, though, she held on her dreams. She said, I'm still going to fight. You know, and, and a lot of us find ourselves in those situations, but we still have to deal with the immediate day to day, which is to put a, a roof over our heads, to make money, to feed our children, to do those things. So she continued to do that. She got on government assistance. Uh, she got the heat shut off in her apartment. Uh, eventually, they lost the apartment, became homeless. Uh, but she held on to this business idea. So think about the environment that this lady is in currently. In essence, she's homeless, destitute, dire financial situation, not trained, no skill set, a young child to take care of, no support. And yet in her mind, she's still trying to live that dream. I would guess most of the people listening today, the overwhelming majority of us are in better situation than she is. And so now let's fast forward to about 30 years later, it brings us to current time, but as of about 20 years past the moment that I just described, this person who you now you know as J.K. Rowling is worth a billion dollars. Yeah, that's a B with a B. That's a lot of zeros. Uh, and so, again, when we see J.K. Rowling and the Harry Potter series and the world famous number one author of all time in movies and all of that stuff, in our mind, we're like, well, of course she had the books. But when we look at her in this environment, how easy would it have been for her to say, I, I'm done. I, you know, no one blames me for not wanting to create this. So I hope that explains environment a little bit and how we ourselves can get out of this environment. The power in this podcast is that not so much listening to me, but what is sparked in your heart and your mind how this applies to you. So if during that time, if there was something in your mind that said, wow, I see that and that really, I resonate with that. That's what you need to be making notes on. That's the thing you need to do. And you also need to take confidence in if JK Rowling could do it, absolutely 100% you can and I can. And if someone's gonna do it, like I titled our first podcast, why not me? Why not you? Absolutely, it's doable. Absolutely, it's doable. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So again, what I want to talk about today is what is potential, specifically what is God-given potential. So I want to, 
I've always found it's best for me not to assume I know what words mean, but to absolutely step back and there's been magic for me as I've read what the definitions of words are because it I had a preconceived idea of what I thought it was. And as I read the actual definition, sometimes it put it into perspective. So the definition of potential, and I want to make sure I read this to get this correct. Potential is having or showing the capacity to become or develop into something in the future. Having or showing the capacity to become something in the future, right? And so capacity, capacity is the maximum amount that something can contain. So let's relate that to us. So my potential is having or showing the capacity or what I can contain in me. And we're going to talk about what we're containing the maximum amount of something and what that allows me to become in the future. Right? So if I find that I have all of my faculties and I'm able to talk and walk and uh, visit with people and do those things like JK Rowling, like an, any number of a thousand other uh, success stories that if we if we talked about, you would know their names. As long as we realize that the potential is in us and literally the thing or person holding us back is not our environment, is not our friend, is not our spouse or coworker or boss, the person holding us back the good news and the bad news, it is us, it is me. The only person holding me back and you back is me. I'm not holding you back. In your case, you're holding yourself back. That's the bad news. The good news is we absolutely know how to overcome that because if it was someone else holding me back, I would have to figure out how to overcome them. I don't. The key to understanding potential is to realize that we absolutely can overcome our environment. And the reason we or I talk specifically about God-given potential is because most of us, as we think about our environment and our abilities and our capacity, we limit ourselves because we know ourselves better than most or than anyone else. And we really know what our weaknesses are. And so in our minds, we say, well, yeah, but, yeah, but, well, the reason I, add God-given potential is because once we have the permission to say, okay, I am weak. I, I have all those weaknesses that I know about and some even most people know about, but it's okay because this isn't about me. This is about me realizing that as a, a creature of God or your higher power or the universe, whatever you want to call it, the advantage to that is that once I realize that I have weaknesses, but I can actually use that to my strength and that because of the God-given potential or the universe-given potential, I now know, hey, I can overcome that. And we'll talk about how you overcome that. So I'm excited about that. So why don't we develop into the maximum that we can? And we talked about why it's all these excuses. I mean, I've listed a lot of them, and I guarantee you, you've probably come up with some I haven't. Being too old, too young, don't have any money, don't have any time, don't have any skill set, knowledge, anything and everything is, is just talk and that we can absolutely overcome it. I want to share with you a, uh, uh, 
a concept that I heard about several years ago, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard of, about it. Uh, David Goggins, who uh, is labeled the world's toughest human uh, and is also a Navy SEAL, basically talks about his 40% rule. And what that 40% rule is, he said he's found out in his own life and in all the people that he's worked with and trained and been around, that generally speaking, when we do something and believe in our mind, we've gone as far as we can, done everything we can, exhausted all options, and absolutely feel like I've done everything we can, we've basically accomplished about 40% of our capacity or potential. Think about that for a minute. I know there have been times in my life, both, both physically, uh, mentally, uh, in business, uh, in finances, all of those things where you've thought, I have literally done everything I can do. I've done everything I can do. And at that point, somehow, some way, there have been times in my life, especially in the physical world or athletics, uh, finances, where what I thought my limit was or what I thought or knew that that's all I could do every time I was able to exceed that. And what David Goggins is saying is, and he's put a number to it, that generally speaking, we're not even halfway there. So the good news is that you know, take your greatest accomplishment, you're not even halfway to where you absolutely could be. And that's in any area of your life or any place that you've set a goal. You're not even halfway there. And now the first thought you had was, yeah, but that I'm different. I can't do that. Fantastic. That's why we're having this podcast. I'm here to tell you that that is an excuse. That is the environment you're in. And that is the environment we need to get out of. And that's what we're talking about today. So let me share with you a story. Uh, and again, the hard part about a podcast for me is the vulnerability. I'm generally, I'd rather be walking in the mountains by myself. I don't like to be in front of crowds and doing all these things. But I I've been so blessed in my life and I feel a calling to where my goal is to help you in the way that my Uncle Jim helped me to change my life. If I can help one person or spark an interest in you, then to me, that's the kind of uh, fulfillment I'm looking for and the goal that I have. So bear with me as I share this story. I mentioned to you uh, last time that uh, at one point I was probably 130 pounds overweight, extremely obese, had had a couple of heart surgeries, I was a former college athlete and basically had let myself go. And uh, it had issues. I'd had knee surgeries, probably six of them. I've had both shoulders done a couple of times. I've had a knee replacement. I tore my Achilles, all of those things. So I've got a lot of excuses as to why I couldn't do things. And that's exactly what I did. I was a master of excuses. And so I had done the Moab Trail half marathon which is one of the tougher half marathons in the world, basically in the United States. Uh, and remember now for me, going up and down the street was tough. So this it might, might as well have been Mount Everest for me. But this mountain is extremely vertical and, and steep and slick rock and sand and it's on the edge of cliffs and I'm terrified of heights. And so it was an extremely tough uh, race for me. I had done it four times up to this point. And I had said, you know, I, my times had slowly gotten worse. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to go get the best time I can have. And so uh, in 2020, I decided in February that the race was on the first Saturday in November, which in 2020, that was November 7th. I decided I'm going to commit 
I'm going to every day work towards that. I had numbers in mind. I knew what my times were. I knew what I had to do to get there. I knew what my regimen was going to be, and I committed to that. And I was very faithful. And like I said, I started in February here in Utah where I live. It was snowy. Some days were good. Some were bad. But I was out there doing my thing every day or every day that I'd set to do that. And so I was committed and uh, I was working with my mentor. And at that time, it was uh, my friend Tom, the Navy SEAL, and was reporting and sharing with him my times and his, uh, my wife and I got into pickleball. We started playing pickleball. So we are playing our two sons, and this is on a Friday night, April 24th. We're playing pickleball outside on a court. And I went for a shot and I felt my ankle explode. Uh, and I didn't know what it was for a second. And then immediately it hit me that I had just ruptured my Achilles tendon. And, uh, you know, having been an athlete, in my mind at that time, I knew that uh, rupturing your Achilles was a death sentence in athletics, at least high-level athletics. Uh, and at the time, Kobe Bryant had had that happen to him, I believe, months, months before that. And so it, it was devastating to me. And uh, as I thought about that for a few days, um, it hit me that, hey, I, I committed to doing that. I think I'm going to see what I can do to stick towards that. So I, I looked at a calendar and I, I counted up. There was 197 days between April 24th and November 7th. So I reached out to my mentor, Tom, and explained to him what happened. And he basically said, well, you know, I, I guess at this point we'll rehab it, but that's probably out of the question, so we're not going to plan that. And I thought, well, he's a lot smarter than I am. And so I, for a moment, I thought, okay, I, I, that, that was a relief to me. It took the pressure off. But as I started doing some research, I noticed a couple of things. I wanted to see in that time frame what the humans in the history of the world had done. So, for example, I had 197 days, but I found out that the Empire State Building, which is over 450 feet tall and built in 1931, which wasn't a whole lot of modern equipment to do that, was built in 410 days and was built as the tallest building in the world and remained so for over 40 years. And that was done in 410 days. And I thought, well, okay, 197 days to finish a race. I might be able to do that. And then I looked at some other things that were impressive. And I noticed that the Mormon pioneers covered over a thousand miles, in essence, in winter with shoes they had made and coats that were small and pushing carts and wagons and traveling on... Uh, <laughs> unbelievable stuff they only took them 111 days to get to the salt lake city valley so as i thought about it i thought okay i'm going to really put this to the test i'm going to get out of my environment because my environment said you're injured you're done can't be done all of those things that we can apply to you're out of shape you're old you haven't done it um, and so i quietly decided to do that and so as i stuck to my plan and i had to go you know i had to take months of rehab and just stretching and then walking in a boot all of those things long story short I get to this race and I'm committed to doing it most of the people around me didn't want me to do it 
uh, because of COVID, they started us at different times throughout the day. And obviously, I'm a finished towards the end type guy when it comes to that type of thing. Uh, as luck would have it, I didn't start until about 1.30 or 2 in the afternoon because I was a slow group and they wanted them to go last. Uh, that was my biggest worry because I wanted to get in before dark. Uh, so as I started this race, I was at the back because that's where all the slow people were. Uh, we had a tremendous storm come in that day. It was about a 20 mile an hour, 25 mile an hour headwind in our face. So as I climbed the first five or six miles vertical to get up to this patch where you go across, it's a lot of sand. Uh, I just chuckled because that wind was in my face and it was like I was getting beat with the sand. And we had a couple of miles of that in the face. And then as we started, get, that got us to the cliffs and we had to work five or six miles along the cliffs. I'm terrified of heights. It's starting to rain and, and a little bit of snow. And so now we're on the edge of that cliff, slick rock, and it's slippery. And again, I'm just laughing saying, wow, this is going to be a great story because everything I can think of for me to have an excuse or for my environment to be poor, I had to overcome. Uh, I'm absolutely at the back of the pack. I uh, finally get towards the end and I rely a lot on my water. And somehow along the way, that last third of the race, uh, the little water thing that you suck on, I had knocked it loose on a brush and all my water had drained out of my pack. So I had that last hour, hour and a half without water. Uh, it's now getting dark. Finally, as I come around that last bend, uh, absolutely the only people left, and you know, there are thousands of people at a time up there with announcers, they're announcing all these people and their, their accomplishments. And there's my family, four or five of them, and the announcer and, uh, as I come up that hill, I come across that line and the announcer's announcing and I'm looking around thinking, well, the people he's announcing to are my family and me. And so long story short, I finished. Uh, I did not set a uh, personal record for me, but nobody was more proud of their accomplishment that day of the thousands of runners that did it than I was because I set the goal to honor my word and to finish and I did. And uh, that's overcoming your environment. That's a story for me of where I've overcome my environment. There are many, many instances that you guys have in overcoming your environment. And uh, I hope that somewhere along the way in this podcast today, that we triggered a thought again, as you listen to the words that I speak, it's not so much what I'm talking about or the stories I tell, but it's what resonates in your mind and in your soul that triggers you to figure out ways to honor your God-given potential to get you to get out of your environment, irregardless of the excuse. Uh, some other excuses I've thought about, uh, as I was mentioning this, I believe it. there's a blind man who's summited Mount Everest. Uh, I personally have a friend who was a quadriplegic who has pushed his wheelchair over 520 miles in uh, the summer from Tooele, Utah to Las Vegas in a wheelchair. And so I didn't mention, you know, that sometimes our bodies don't work. I mean, Stephen Hawking 
couldn't function. I mean, I, I believe he had zero movement, and yet he was one of the most brilliant minds ever in the history of man. So whatever the issue is, irregardless of what it is, I would encourage you to write it down, write it down, and then think about, meditate about, research other people that have had that same situation and how they overcame it. Because I guarantee you, you can find stories of people with exactly the issues you've had, if not 10 times worse. So the key, and I want to read that quote again, the first step toward success is taken when you refuse to be a captive of the environment in which you first find yourself. So how do you refuse to be a captive? It's to simply say, I'm done. It's over. I don't know how, but I'm done using that excuse. Whatever that excuse is, it is not going to affect me. And so I refuse to be held in this environment that I created with that excuse that's held me captive. And the first step in that is literally saying, I'm done. I, it's over. I refuse. How do I move forward? That's the goal of this podcast. If you'll stay with me on this journey, we're going to talk about how step by step by step can I start where I'm at in the environment I'm in, literally held captive by the chains I put on myself. We're going to get those chains off and then we're going to go step by step. How do I move forward? What do I do with the setbacks that come? What do I do when this happens? What are the tools that we can use? And there are exact specific tools we use moving forward on how we overcome obstacles and how we can reach any goal. And it's going to shock you sometimes what those tools and goals are. A lot of times we make things much, much more difficult than they need to be. And that I can testify because in my life, I've usually always done things the most difficult way possible. And so I'm hoping with you that the purpose of this podcast is to help you shorten that time frame it took me to learn from years and years and thousands and thousands of dollars and headaches and heartache to days and hours and weeks and avoiding a lot of that stuff. That's the goal. Uh, I'm so thankful for you to be here today. Uh, a couple of housekeeping duties I do want to say. Please like the podcast. I'm not uh, familiar with all of this stuff, but I do know that as you like it and as you subscribe to it, it allows me to continue to do this and that you'll be notified of these podcasts. Uh, please also, any comments you have, please submit questions that you have. I'll do my best to answer those. Uh, I'm so thankful for this opportunity to share with you those things I've learned. Please re review that quote. Uh, and then please share this with everybody you know. Again, not so much for glorifying what I'm doing, but I just know that we can all Maybe that'll be your Uncle Jim moment. You'll share it with somebody and it'll change their life. That's the point of all of this. And, and I want to think one other thing that I just thought of when I go back to the original question, why are you doing this podcast? The thought came to me uh, just a minute ago that I want to create a tsunami of hope because all of us need hope. Hope is the thing that gets us up in the morning. Hope is the thing that makes us continue to go and produce and to believe and to dream, even though we're in the environment that holds us back. So we're gonna first decide to refuse to stay in that environment 
And then the hope is that I know if J.K. Rowling could do it as a homeless, uh, destitute, on welfare mom with no skill set and no connections and turned down over a dozen times for her idea about a wizard, uh, if she can do it, there's zero reason you can't do it. Absolutely none. Now, if you choose not to do it, that's one thing, but to develop your God-given potential to make the most out of your life is actually a bigger blessing to those around you than it is to yourself. And that's the reason we do this, is not only does it benefit me, more importantly, it will multiply and compound and benefit all those people around us. So if you don't think you're worthy of it, do it for those people around you. And I do assure you, you are worthy. Thanks again. Please subscribe uh, down below. Please like us and please share with all your friends. And I'll be back to you next Tuesday. And uh, it's been my honor. And uh, get busy getting after it. Thank you.